going on? It's the Film Drunk Frockcast coming at you, not live, from Frock Quarters. Matt, you're the regular regular. How how are you? What's going on? How deep is your lum? How deep is your lum? Lummy, 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 lummy. Cause we're living in a bag of lum. Lumming us down. And it all lums down to... And it all lums down to how deep it's... All right. Hey, what's up, everyone? Matt is here. I sang way too much of that song. Yeah, I mean, you sang a lot of it, but it was good. Meanwhile, I think the you know intro song's still playing, and uh, who knows if people really got the full flavor of it. Yeah. No, you want to give them a lot at the beginning? Like, that's like yeah. a teaser? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, dude. Fucking feeling good. I'm here, uh, you know, at my side of the frock quarters with uh, super guest extraordinaire comedian Jessica Seeley. Here I am. The, uh-huh. Hello. The, the oh, I thought you were going to say rock regular. me like a hurricane. Here I am. Yeah. Rock me like a hurricane. A band, a song I did play in uh, my high school band mm-hmm. many times. Oh, nice. What was the name of your No, no. A band. It was called oh, band. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Not like a cool band. Like it was band. <laughs> it was the band. I thought you meant like my high school band, you know, Black Sheep. No, no, no. My <laughs> high school band. No, you were. Band. It's called band. <laughs> yeah. What did you that play in the true. band? Did we ask this already? Trump, 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 Trump. Oh, Trump, 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 Trump. Boop, 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 boop. That's cool. You play trumpet. I still play it. Do you? Yeah, I walk around my apartment and I go. Beep, 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 beep. D- does anyone get mad? Um, I don't do it enough. I think to get like, oh, that's a, good. and I think when I play, I don't play long enough to really piss people. I also I can play pretty quiet. Oh, okay. I can play quiet. I have, oh, I have mutes and shit too. Wow, a lot of people can't do that. Yeah, that's I, like you know, that's fucking. No, I'm good at playing. Dynamics is uh, it's one of my uh, yeah, specialties. Yeah, a plus you know? in dynamics. Yeah. Yeah. How was uh how was the rest of it like the mouth positioning and finger um oh, okay okay yeah. I mean my range is not that great like I can't hit all the high notes anymore that well Can you can you read music? Yeah, I can't. I am actually better at reading music than I am at hear like I can't really hear it and then play it oh, that well. Oh, interesting. So, but if I see it, I can I can make that happen. That is interesting. I guess that kind of makes sense though cuz it's like you're playing by ear you have to have kind of like not perfect pitch but like you you just have to be able to <laughs> identify ex- uh bless you sorry, do you sorry. have corona sorry no <laughs> how dare you i'm glad you're in fresno i <laughs> uh, yeah seriously keep that corona over there dude um this is uh fucking you know emergency level midnight right now question to you guys are you worried unbelievably no. worried really I'm not worried. No, I'm I not. am. I feel like we're all gonna get it. Just accept that we're all gonna get it. Like, I don't. As a climate change person, uh, yeah, it's like a relief to me. Oh, to die of that instead of climate just change. Just to ha- to worry about something else in that. That's. I you mean, know? to that's worry one about way of God, give us like another crisis instead of overpopulation. It is like a nice departure. Well, and you <sighs> saw that the like all the 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 uh, pollution in China went like right way down. Did you see that? Yeah. Oh no, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's been like. Like those people staying inside like by an insane amount. The, wow, the pollution and yeah. You know what's it, 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 we gotta all die. For me, first of all, we all gotta die, and I understand that. <laughs> um, I think why it, it is actually been affecting me is I have been feeling optimistic 
for a little bit. Uh oh. Like I had some, some. That's your problem. Yeah, that's the problem. Is I had some <laughs> optimism going on, and then uh, as Corona happened, you know the craziest thing about this Corona thing for me personally is like a month ago I was just surfing through Netflix. And I saw that there was a show called Pandemic, which is like a documentary series about Mm-mm. pandemics. And so I started watching it and I had to turn it off at some point because I was like, oh, this is kind of scary, man. I don't, and also, you know, I'm like eating right now because I only eat. Uh, I only watch stuff when I eat. And so then I turned it off and then I went to like, you know, CNN or something. And that was like the first stories I started seeing about coronavirus. And I was like. Oh, shit. <laughs> That'd be crazy if that was like the <laughs> pandemic that they were talking about. Probably not, though, because like, what are the chances? And then as the days went on, I was like, oh, dude, that's fucking crazy because th- it's probably going to be fine. And now I'm like, we're going to die. We're going to fucking die from this. And we're not going to live long enough to see socialism uh, finally take over America. <laughs> and that's all I ever wanted, dude. Yeah. I mean, sure. At least it would distract me from thinking that is a legitimate possibility because i can't handle it like it's too close yeah. like i'm so close that i, I can taste it right now and uh, I, know. I don't like it because anytime uh someone says opposite things and a lot of people that i know they say they're voting for they other say people, opposite things they they, they say, love opposite they things. say opposite things and i get angry and it used to be like a celebrity could post a picture of themselves with like an I voted sticker and be like, I voted, you guys should vote too. And I would think, yeah. oh, that's cool. And now I'm like, you fucking coward. You're telling people to vote and you don't even like express an endorsement. Fuck you. And everything yeah, just no, makes me true. irrationally angry. And it's like it's turning me into the, the angry guy and I don't like it. I know. It's weirdly, uh, it's the the amount of hope that it built up in me um has reached tenuous levels it's too much it's not healthy i have this thing where like i know that god wants me to be unhappy (laughs) well i I mm, you know i I would no maybe i'm wrong i'll say make some outreach calls you know at that point oh yeah no no you're right you're right but my higher power uh (laughs) doesn't want me to be unhappy my higher power also doesn't want me to be happy. My higher power <laughs> is the vast eternal nothingness that's greater than myself. That's same as me. Right. So I, I have no, I'm an, I'm like net neutral on my higher power. My higher power is kind of like a neutral thingy majiggy. Neutral is ne- better than bad though. He's like what? a neutral milk hotel. He's like a neutral milk hotel. Mm-hmm. Uh, side note, Jeff Mangum, lead singer of Neutral Milk Hotel is endorsed burning. Mangum. Um, Mangum. Different than woman gum. You know Did what you... I was thinking when I was pooing in your toilet? What? Just now, just a tiny, tiny little bit because I don't know. I haven't. I guess I haven't been eating as much greens as I think because it was just a little pebble. Oh, you had a little pebble just, of poo. Just a little pebble came out, and I was thinking, like, the <laughs> fact that we have hope at all and that we're so engaged right now after 2016 is, is a miracle. It's pretty cool. It's like it we're is. pretty resilient, actually. Yeah. It is. It is. Your we hope are. is that like, little shit pebble can of keep poo. getting thrown at us. Yeah, dude. You look at that little pebble of poo, and you go like, <laughs> "Damn, that's dude. my hope. That's, that's my little pebble of hope." Yeah, that's a little hope pebble, a brown little hope, possibly green pebble. My higher power. Um, is actually a little pebble of poop. <laughs> That's a great. Hey, as long as it wants what's best for you. Um, Don't you know what I hate? What is when you have one of those little pebbles and then you flush the toilet 
and then it floats back up. Yeah, the floater. And then you're like, that happens to me all the time and I'm in public. And then I and then I put toilet paper on top of Over it, it to yeah. try to, to to bring it down. Yeah, hide your shame. To 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 get it to go down. Yeah. And then I flush again and then the weight of the toilet paper sometimes will sink it. Yeah, no, that's I mean, hey, that's just teamwork makes the dream work. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so for those of you uh listening um, we're recording this uh, in uh, early afternoon of Super Tuesday. Yeah. Um, so none of the results are in. Right now, everyone's just voting. And so if you're wondering, uh, you're either wondering, why are these guys so glum? Or you're wondering, uh, or you're going, I know why these guys are glum. Uh, so th- we don't know. We just don't know what's going to happen. Uh, and in the last few days, um biden has won south carolina and then the entire moderate like uh field coalesced around him pete uh and amy dropped out and endorsed him beto endorsed him and like so it made me sad because i was really counting on the same thing that happened for trump last time which is that Yes, they had. He had they a all bunch, stay in. He had a bunch of also rans who were too, uh, you know, too proud, too proud, too proud to quit. Too much hubris mm. uh, to drop out. Y- yeah, and then so they let. I mean, Trump win. They're like me in comedy. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they're like it's us. Like it's not going to happen. <laughs> they're, they're like us in podcasting. It's like yeah. you know. But we, you know what? We have what. Uh, like we're doing pretty I, I wanna, good. I want to pivot from it because there's some good news going on right now. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, did you know that Steven Seagal uh, settled his uh, his SEC complaint about his fake Bitcoin that he was promoting? Oh no, I didn't know that he had settled. I actually didn't even know that that was a story. Yeah. No. Oh yeah. Oh, how are you not paying attention to Steven Seagal news, man? You're just like, wait, what was? What was his Bitcoin? Um, the SEC said on Thursday, this is from the New York Times, uh, that Mr. Mm-hmm. Seagal, who lives in Moscow and holds both Russian and American citizenship, was promised $250,000 in cash and $750,000 worth of cryptocurrency from the company wow. Bitcoin 2Gen. By the way, Bitcoin in this case is spelled with two I's, I guess, because they could trademark it more easily. Oh, damn. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, in exchange for endorsing its initial coin offering, a crowdfunding strategy that involves creating and selling the virtual currency. Uh, in 2018, Facebook and Twitter accounts belonging to Mr. Seagal posted several times about the coin offering, calling him the worldwide ambassador for the company. Uh, mm. The post did not disclose that Mr. Seagal, 67, was being paid for the promotions. The SEC said that Mr. Seagal, who was also a trained martial artist, which I'm glad they put that. <laughs> <laughs> that I'm glad that they put that in there, just in case you were confused about which Steven Seagal we were talking about. <laughs> He had, and what, what degree black belt he was. <laughs> he had 6.7 million Facebook followers during the time that he posted about the cryptocurrency company. Uh, the SEC... Yeah, you're not allowed to promote th- uh, that kind of stuff uh, if you're getting money for them. Um, but, Interesting. Uh, you're not allowed to promote uh, currency. Yeah. That's a rule. Well, not if you're getting paid by them. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Or a financial device, but I, mean, I believe it's uh, uh, huh. the initial coin offerings may be considered sales of securities and are subject to federal securities laws. Anti-touting provisions mm. in those laws require individuals to disclose the amount of compensation they will receive in exchange for promoting a security. Um, I also have the original press release. If you guys want to hear 
uh, absolutely some of that. Uh, Steven Seagal is an American actor, producer, screenwriter, director, martial artist, and musician who holds American, Russian, and Serbian citizenship. (laughs) As a Buddhist, Zen teacher, and healer, Steven lives by the principles that that the development of the physical self is essential to protect the spiritual man. Sure, 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 sure. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. This is all pertinent, but keep going. He believes that what he does in life is about leading people into contemplation to wake them up and enlighten them in some manner. These Absolutely. Are, these are precisely the objectives of the Bitcoin 2Gen to empower the community <laughs> by providing a decentralized <laughs> P2P payment system with its own wallet, mining ecosystem, and robust blockchain platform without the need of any third party. Oh, good. Zen master Stephen mentioned an old Chinese saying, quote, flow with whatever may happen and let your mind be free. Stay centered by accepting whatever you are doing. This is the ultimate by Chang Tzu. For Bitcoin, too, Jen. Love, <laughs> Sorry. Every, every Chinese saying just sounds like something you'd read in the middle of like an affirmations calendar. <laughs> and if you just call it a Chinese saying, you go like, well, this must be ancient affirmations. You know, it, yeah. it's like as the, as the can... ancient Chinese Zen master once said, breakfast is the most important meal of the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, I mean, honestly, j- with a pitch like that, I don't know how you don't buy uh, Bitcoin to Jen. Oh, we you haven't know? even gotten to the part where it says, you know, more about Stephen. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The more I hear about Stephen, the more I want to buy the coin. Sure. Steven Seagal is a man of diverse character whose spiritual beliefs and humanity are woven into every aspect of his life. Most of us know Steven for his roles as an action hero. Call it an obsession or a calling, but Steven mastered martial arts at an early age, becoming a seventh degree black belt and Aikido master. <laughs> I fucking knew they were going to give the degree. The degree <laughs> is always my favorite part of talking about a black belt because it's always just like, listen. Any third grader can be a second degree black belt, <laughs> but you're talking about seven degrees. Do you know how many extra of black belt you have to have to be that good? <laughs> at least, at least over seven. It's like, it, it, it's, it's just a way of quantifying something that you just go, listen, you can tell me seventh degree. <laughs> you can say 51st degree. <laughs> yeah. At the end of the day, I don't know what you can and cannot do uh, in a in a karate match. Do you guys remember how many in elementary school? How many people's dads had black belts? Oh yeah, <laughs> everyone's dad had a black belt. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I remember gonna, that's uh, going to be so embarrassing I, I, for my stepson and future children when I get my black belt finally. See, so you don't even have your black belt. What are you, a brown belt? I'm a two stripe. <laughs> brown belt i'm really i'm like on the cl- the cusp of black beltism okay i'm also so a ninth sh- degree black belt in six degrees of kevin bacon oh nice yeah. very good <laughs> that's that's very good so what uh, is is a uh, two stripes is the same as two degrees you know, stripes are they they don't really mean anything. Stripes are kind of I fucked up. I, I don't care. Yeah, no, that's fine. I, yeah. I just I, yeah. I just realized that as fair. you started talking, I was like, if there's a difference, then I don't care. Yeah, no, that's no, I that's, care a little bit. No, that's fair. You know, there's no reason to care. Um, his films include box office successes such as Hard to Kill, Marked for Death, Out for Justice, Above the Law, Under Siege, 
Executive Decision, The Glimmer Man, and Exit Wounds, to Fired. name a few. I feel like they named more than a few. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, they named the whole thing. They just didn't name Fire Down Below. <laughs> <laughs> All are loved for their storylines and fast-paced Hollywood action. More importantly, it is his genuine care for others that drives him to unselfishly give his time and financial support to many charities across the world. His support of environmental causes, animal rights, children in need, and HIV-AIDS efforts is undeniable and an important part of his daily schedule. Yeah. Every day, dude, he's stopping AIDS. <laughs> you guys, I'm just thinking about the election this whole time. Yeah, that's I, true. I'm, so, I'm sorry. I was it, trying it so hard, hard to <laughs> I'm just like, okay, Steven Seagal, uh-huh. Bitcoin. Yeah, what's yeah. going to happen? Who does what's he support in the primary? What's going to happen? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, yesterday I had to I uh at some point Francesca was just like Francesca is my girlfriend who I love very much and loves me back. I had to <laughs> um I had to like just stop focusing and she was like, "Do you just want to watch Moana?" And I was like, "Yeah, I want to watch Moana." And I started watching that instead and um and I got to admit like I got about half of the plot but the other half, I was just like, why the fuck is Beto doing this? <laughs> you know, why is Beto yeah. endorsing Biden? Who's the like, bad guy? Who's the bad guy in Moana? It's Beto. Right. <laughs> I'm pretty- a Beto there, fish. There kind of is no bad guy in Moana. No, right? Well, it's just a series of quests. Well, here's the thing. Here's what's so, so important about this movie that I feel like you fail to see, Vince. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. Um. You know, you've got the heart of Tafiti. Heart of Tafiti. Uh-huh. And the you know, and then the and then the lava monster yeah, person. E- evil lava monster. And then and then you realize, okay, she is Tafiti. Yeah. But someone stole something from her. Spoiler alert. You give it back and she's he it's okay, it's as it's a story about healing. Okay. It is a story about healing. And you know what, Vince? Hurt and people about hurt. The okay. brave Polynesian peoples who's colonized the Pacific. Well, a little bit about that, but it's mostly about, um, you know, healing. It's okay. also um, trauma. It's about trauma. You got trauma. You don't heal from it. You're probably going to be a lava monster for a while. It's Dude, also, when she sings that song, though, which one? When she sings that song where she's like, they have stolen the heart from inside you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this does not define Fine. you. Yeah, that this got me. This is not who you you know what's weird about that as you, i was watching that i, I was like the chills. lava monster looks a lot like elizabeth warren because <laughs> so, what i was thinking and just hear me out was that i was like <laughs> this is not you elizabeth mm. warren like lately she's been kind of just like on attack mode against bernie and like she's been like walk she walked back medicare for all okay. and i was like okay. this is not well this Matt, is the this sickness is not, of society though yeah, this, this is, is the sickness of society is that um we all get kind of infected with this collective trauma yeah. and like and like uh in in its capitalism yeah okay and it could be more literal extensions of patriarchy and racism and capitalism mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that traumatize people but we're all living in this nightmare together yeah but you have to make your raft okay. out of uh you know essential oils and uh and magic and crystal and magic crystals yeah 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 i mean it, you're you're not wrong i was glad when she gave back the heart of tafiti my favorite part was that uh 
uh, Maui apologized and she accepted the apology because that uh, shows the power of uh, instead of uh, call out culture, you call in. Right. Forget- yeah. No, it's, it's leaned, like this whole movie her. is radical forgiveness. It's radical forgiveness. Because yes. when she sees this person being a lava monster and she has the heart of a child, right? Yeah. And she says like, You're better I can this. see you. I can see the real you. Like yeah. that's some mm. deep shit, Vince. Yeah. yeah. Okay. okay but my question is, lava. and I don't want to be like the naysayer here, but I feel like uh-huh. with musicals, they feel like, like, like the, the structure of Moana is like someone at the very beginning of the movie tells her, all right, you're going to have to go on a series of quests. And then yeah. she just goes on that exact series of quests and then the movie's over. And I thought there was going to be like a twist or something, or maybe they had like, I don't know. The twist, throw in a, the throw twist in a was a curveball, but I think because there are songs, they're like, ah, we don't need a curveball. It's just we're gonna tell you. The curveball is that the 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 lava monster, lava is monster Tafiti. was Tafiti, dude. Oh. That's a curveball. All right. God. Uh, that, that there is no bad guy. Yeah, we're all know? good. Yeah. Everyone's good. No, deep down that's true. Deep down, it is true. I don't we like are, how they what? took. Well, what they don't t- you like? They took all like love? the cool pi- the Polynesian myths where the like gods are like you know coming in yeah. the water and like swinging on ropes of each other's pubic hairs it's like all very sexual and then they kind of just made it like the, they took only the non-sexual part well, it's for children it's a Disney Vince. Movie, come Vince. on look I there's something like you're missing here and the, it's it's love it's love you're missing the heart of a child and a child's love you know what you and your family get two tickets to Disneyland yeah okay you have to okay. pay for the rest you get two free tickets you go there and you remember what it's like to love again. Yeah. And what it's like to spend $15 on, on a churro. Food. <laughs> that, that really hurts. Yeah. Speaking Those of band, are... I saw my youngest brother play in the band at Disneyland this really? week. It was really fun. He's in the oh, Disney awesome. band? No, but they let like high school and middle school bands play. Yeah, it's a thing. My my high school mariachi band played uh, Disneyland. You were in a high school mariachi band? Yeah, I was in a mariachi band. That's pretty cool. What, yeah, what did you play? <laughs> I play the vihuela. It's like a little five-string guitar. Oh. You would play the little one because they always have the biggest dudes playing the littlest thing. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, a yeah. classic. Guys playing gag. the biggest thing. That's true. Yeah. It is. It's a thing. It was always. So you have a little thingy. The guitar own, which is the uh, that's the bass, like was usually played by a little guy, and then like or yeah, a little lady, all of yeah. the. Or a little lady, uh, and the entire uh, you know Vihuela section was um, like three huge dudes. Two out of the three of us were people who tried to get in a jazz band and and weren't good enough at guitar to get in, um, and that's fine. And, and like I've, I've, you are okay not good enough to play a black music, but you can play Mexican yeah. music. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know what I think is unfair to mariachis because you know I like mariachi. It's pretty good. I feel like whenever you hear mariachis, it's not in the context of people annoying you while you're trying to eat mexican food it's it's uh-huh. great but i feel like the most often context of mariachis is like people like coming up to your table and playing loudly at a mexican restaurant and you just you kind of you just want them to go away but then you feel bad you know b- what b- for ignoring them yeah well i mean here's the thing if they if it's just i i don't know enough about uh like latin american music and mexican music specifically to know whether or not one guy playing a guitar um singing like uh singing a ballad is a in and of himself a mariachi um so maybe what you're just hearing is a busker who's just playing some spanish music and it's okay to not like people 
interrupting your food and asking for money that's fine yeah I, I, just makes you a bad person i like i like yeah. it and here's the thing is i like musicals too oh yeah. i just want everyone to break out into song all the time yeah I'm down. you know earlier when you were talking about watching moana amidst the uh the elections yesterday it made me think about how the first time i felt okay after trump got election yeah was uh watching la la land oh yeah and uh, that's very controversial. And Vince loves La La, I like, I like La Do you really? La- yeah, I do. Yeah. Oh, I forget that about you. He La La loves it. I did. All right. I, he, he, he La La likes it even more than Mama Moonlight. Yeah, it's true. You know what? I feel like those if those mariachi guys would make up songs about the patrons in the restaurant... Like that Who's would, to say they're not? That would be badass. Like a real musical where they actually, you know, sing the plot of what's happening at the time. Yeah, like they're like, you and your lady are here, but you've fallen out of love. <laughs> 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 I, I wish I did that in a mariachi tune, but it's just uh, yeah, no, it the, pretty, the it gringa great. in me really... Uh, really shines. Yeah, really my, shines. My favorite, one of my favorite forgotten Saturday Night Live sketches was uh, Lucy Lawless was the host and she was playing... Uh, is that it? Zena? Zena, Zena yeah, it's yeah, Zena, and and she was playing. I just remember uh, what's I'm her gay. face from from <laughs> from Fleet- I forgot for like five years from Fleetwood Mac. What's her name again? Stevie Nicks. Stevie Nicks. Yeah, Stevie Nicks. And uh, the premise was that Stevie Nicks had uh, retired uh, from music to open a uh, restaurant in Sedona, Arizona, and so. Cut. So I don't was, remember this sketch. Singing, this sketch sounds amazing. Yeah, she was singing songs about like uh, fajita. It was called Stevie Nicks Fajita Roundup. <laughs> it was pretty good. Wait, wait, but it was someone playing Stevie Nicks. It wasn't actually her. No, no. Lucy Lawless was playing Stevie Nicks. Oh, that's great. That's great. That's yeah, great. That's yeah. great. Stevie Nicks Fajita Roundup. Oh, I love Roundup. that. Check it out. Check it out when you're, you know, I think. I'm going to check it out. I think they should do more musical sketches because like that one and then like Will Ferrell playing uh, the devil, like trying to teach Garth Brooks. Oh, yeah. That's song. like that's, one of the best. That's an all timer. Yeah, that is that is insane. Yeah, he tries to you sell him his soul for a, a pop song, and he just everything he writes is just someone else's song. Pretty genius. Yeah. Are we? Uh, do you think like? Cause I I feel like the uh, the general structure of Saturday Night Live like ever like since time immemorial was like you know five really terrible sketches and one amazing one that you remember forever. That's always that's always what it's been. Yeah, that's like, what it is. It's it's why when people uh, shit on SNL, I'm always kind of like, yeah, I mean, you can shit on. It's always been bad. Like, it's always been bad. Yeah. But there are good sketches that are so good that you forget that the entire it's like I remember people saying SNL sucked when Andy Samberg uh, was was on it. And now everyone looks back and goes, oh, man, remember how fucking funny those Andy Samberg sketches were mm-hmm. like all of that stuff. And I remember during the Will Ferrell days, people being like SNL sucks now. You know, the good all the good days were like the Mike Myers and right. Dana Carvey days. And now everyone's you you wouldn't say that you're named fucking sketches that are genius from that time. Sure. There, there's times when it peaks and there's peaks and valleys. There's peaks and valleys. There's always peaks. But overall, and comedy sucks. Yeah, right. comedy's I don't bad. Think, I don't think any sketch show has ever had more than like a 60% success success rate if that yeah it and the ones that do uh they end up uh kind of burning out the the quickest like key and peel like lasted three seasons uh chappelle show lasted like two you know uh it's like there there's it's 
because what ends up happening is you kind of write all of the best sketches early on and then after a while you get stuck in like i guess i have to do like repeat characters and well, shit SNL's like that it's just like a machine that turns it over is. but like other sketch shows you got all the same people and that's it yeah and like kids in the hall and money python and those kinds of things like they're like cult favorites so even the the sketches that suck you're like i love these guys yeah exactly kids in the hall to me it, <laughs> and and monty python are both examples of just like like uh, they actually evolved as sketch writers and they got uh, better at it and then they ended, which is kind of perfect. Uh, it's like you don't actually get to see any evolution in sketch writing when it comes to um, like Saturday Night Live or anything. Because like you said, it's like turnover. Right. Um, but like Kids in the Hall, like the final two seasons have some of the weirdest funniest I, sketches oh, the sausages one the, yes the sausages. sausages oh man i can't see vince when with your oh, sorry. Oh. En enormously long knee that pops up do you remember up. do you remember the sketch that was i don't remember what season it was from it starts raining and the guy just goes who's to blame <laughs> who's to blame for the rain <laughs> just so dumb i don't yeah like yeah. even when i watched that as a kid i don't know if it was because it was canadian or i felt like i only watched it via reruns but i felt like i was getting a glimpse into some parallel universe that was yes. like completely divorced yeah. from my reality so everything yes felt extra strange it was like watching a, mm -hmm, a show from mm -hmm. another planet yeah it really was and i remember it it filled me with like both you know, joyous, laughy emotions, but then also like frightened because like there would be some sketches that were so weird that I would just be like, I've, I'm uncomfortable. Um, and then it wasn't until like college when I started rewatching it uh, that I was like all of the stuff that I felt uncomfortable about, I now find the most hilarious. And it's like kind of led to, you know, uh tim and eric and and all yeah. these other kind of just like the more abstract types of sketch comedy that i think is funnier than any other type yeah i kind of think tim and eric tries to like deliberately give you the feeling that you had watching uh kids in the hall yes yeah yeah but you're an adult now so it's a little bit weirder where you're kind of just like like I can't watch the one where they just keep saying spaghetti and the guy's just shoving his face full of spaghetti. Oh, I hated it's all just, their uh, I hated all their food ones. Like they did they, they did yeah. a lot of gross I loved food the sausages stuffing. one. Oh, well this the sausages uh the kids in the hall sausages yeah. one. Yeah, no, that was that was good, but it was also uh, yeah, there's something about Tim and Eric that is like it's almost <laughs> on another level where you're just like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm back to being freaked out again. <laughs> <Yeah>. Sausages. <laughs> no matter what we're talking about for the rest of this episode, I'm you just going to do sausages. that. Bring me more sausages. Yeah. 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 There was, uh, you know, what's crazy about, you know, like uh, Mark McKinney was the one who actually got booked as a, an actor on SNL out of all of them. Yeah. You know? And and you think about it, and you're like, he was good. He definitely could do the most characters, but like, you know, Bruce McCullough, you know, Dave Foley, those are the real, those are the real deal. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think David Foley. Dave Foley was in that Uwe Boll movie where he got like naked a lot. It was real weird. Yeah, Dave Foley is kind of like a, like next level. Uh, 
I, I I don't know. I tried to watch the show Marin. Have you guys seen Marin? Yeah, yeah. And he had. He I've was only, on there. Yeah, I've only seen one episode or maybe a couple, but I remember it was just Dave Foley being like a sad divorced person. Yeah. And I was like, I I actually can't handle this. I don't yeah. I don't like seeing Dave Foley sad. It's yeah. uh, it's really hard to not be sad at uh, Canadian celebrities aging. <laughs> Because they all get yeah, they all get really weird. I mean, like I think everybody gets yes weird, but I think uh, like physically, well, mentally too. Mentally, no, mentally mm. specifically. Like American celebrities, is it just the get, North? This is my theory that I've said many times. American celebrities get fat as they get older. British ones mm-hmm. get like weird, skinny, and leathery, and then Canadians yeah just get weird, like crazy, like uh you know, like Jim Carrey, uh, uh what's his name, uh, Dan Aykroyd, crazy, where they're. Yeah, you know, they're into like. I'm into aliens. Jim Carrey crazy. Jim Carrey crazy is a little bit more. Uh, I don't know. It's like because he's pivoted to be kind of like artist crazy. You you find it like less. It's le- it's um, more endearing than Dan Aykroyd just talking about aliens. Yeah, and crystal vodka. Yeah, Dan right. Aykroyd is like worrisome. Where you're just <laughs> yeah. like, oh no, like somebody help him. But uh, whereas Jim Carrey, you're like, ah, he's just doing art. Well, yeah. he's also like really into the whole Eckhart Tolle kind yes. of thing. Yeah. Which yeah. like I predict that I'm not a celebrity or anything, but that's not going to keep me from going nuts. Oh, yeah. And I, I predict that I'll, I'll be like, an, I'm definitely going to be fat. I'm already making some moves for that. <laughs> and uh, but I think I'm also going to get pretty nuts. I'm starting to get really I'm actually missing my uh, Kundalini yoga class to, to oh. be at this. Uh, I usually do this on Tuesday afternoons. My phone was like, it's 20 minutes to your yoga class. And I was like, not today, phone. No, not today, today. But kun- I brought. Kundalini is like the nutty person's what is it, yoga. What is it? What is Kundalini? That's the one. It's like not a lot of exercising, which I love about it. It's more like the meditative. <laughs> like kinda, the sitting part. Yeah. And, That's but there's my like favorite. weird breathing. Yeah. It's mm. sitting and weird breathing. Like you pant like a dog for oh, a long time. I like time. that. I like that. And then you get high as fuck from that. Yeah. If you breathe like really intense for a while yeah we used to do that in fifth grade it's more like (laughs) it sounds kind of fucked up if you're just listening yeah but uh, it looks worse (laughs) it looks but like if you do that for like a while you can't do it if you're like feeling lightheaded or any Mm. or because you'll get like kind of and then there's like there's like movements that go with it Mm. and uh and it's supposed to be kind of like uh what do you call it um acupuncture acupuncture Acupressure. but like with the, without needles and, ah. and you, you feel like all aligned and shit and, and i'm just like sounds nice i feel like all, all my bad energy is gone gone yeah. and all flowed i you need know? some of that in my life man dude i'll guess you in sometime you'd think it's so crazy i'm down you to might do like it, it. I, it's, I like as soon as you said um it's with but without all the like workout stuff yeah. i was like oh i'm down because i tried last time i tried yoga I, I was in San Francisco and I almost passed out in the middle of class. Was it the yoga to the people class? I don't remember if it was yoga to the people, but it was on like Mission Street. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was yoga to the people. And it was, uh, I, I, the problem was I had just eaten a whole burrito. <laughs> no, don't do that. You can never do that. And, this is and, exactly uh, how Matt Lee would do yoga. It's right after yeah, a well, burrito. Yeah, well. <laughs> that you ripped yeah, up. you have. I, I imagine you ripping open the side of the foil, not like the end of the foil, but like just ripping open the side and eating it, sort of like a raccoon would eat it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You you open up the side and then you take a bite out of. You don't even open it. You take a bite out of the foil slash tortilla, spit it out, and then you suck it. 
you suck all of the insides from I can't believe I'm your friend. I mean I can't I, I can't either, but you know sucking burritos I think is like one of the worst atrocities well, ever committed on the planet. Well that way you get the juicy insides Ugh. faster. <laughs> What, what do you what do you think it is, is it psychologically that that happened to you that made you feel like you have to eat like a critter? Um, my what? brother used to steal my. Yeah, food. there's like some sibling stuff yeah. happening. So uh, people have asked me this a lot. I get asked a lot. Why do you eat? Well, like he has, you're he has in two. Prison? He has two physiological defects, which is that he always thinks he's gonna choke, so he has to chew with his yes. mouth open, and he has really shaky yeah. hands, so he has to hold <laughs> yes. everything with both hands like a little raccoon. <laughs> that's right that's right so there's like a lot of uh physiolo- physiological factors and then also psychological factors that go into me uh eating and looking like i'm in a prison uh lunch yard i think the and, kundalini's gonna help you with this oh i think so too i mean it, probably not with the shakes as much but definitely maybe with the you don't think so no because like i mean i don't know i've never really worked out enough to um actually test whether or not like just growing some muscle would make me shake less but i do know that me trying to hold a position <laughs> in yoga um i'm the one who's shaking you know how there's always like a little bit of shaking i'm, a shaker too. I'm like i'm violently vibrating yeah um but yeah my brother used to steal my food right from my plate um he spit on my sandwich <laughs> Uh, he he would do all these like bully tactics, and that was the thing. And in my family, you had to eat, uh, you had to gather as much food as you could and eat it as fast as you could, um, because if you waited, if you were just tried to be like a little bit, you know, like stretch your legs out and have a have a nice meal, you know, really enjoy the food, taste it, uh, it would be taken from you because mm-hmm. uh, my brother my brother would steal it. I see. So, so I, I'm, I'm kind of like I very much so eat like hunched over. Um, I like eating and watching TV at the same time. Me too. Um, oh yeah, but so everybody does that, right? Yeah, you get so many good. Can you? Oh yeah, you, 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 you get so many good uh, chemical release. Yeah. With TV and oh, I'm sorry, my bo. I just smell myself. That's really no, you bad. smell did you, fine. Did you guys see the video of Bloomberg eating, uh, like eating pizza or whatever at his campaign headquarters today? No. So he no. he goes up to uh, the bully thing reminded me of it because I I couldn't help but think that that seems to be what's going on uh, with Bloomberg. So he like goes up to huh. he goes up to the pizza. And he just, he doesn't take a whole slice. He like rips the crust off of one piece and puts just the topping part in his mouth. And then he licks. Wait, he, wait, 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 wait. He rips he, he pulls off the, the crust. Off. He Where ripped, does he do with the crust? Like he left the crust in the box. Like he kind of treated the box like it, wow. was his, like it was his own plate, like a complete sociopath. Jesus. So he rips. What the fuck? He rips the cheesy like floppy uh t- you know topping part of the pizza off of the crust yeah he eats it like just shoves it in his mouth and then he licks each one of his fingers like individually and then just goes straight to start goes straight to like the weird coffee dispensers and starts unscrewing like the mouth part of the coffee with his fingers that he just licked oh my god it's very that is like it's weirdly trashy for someone who's that rich. It felt like very much like a like a bully move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, mm. 
That's that's yeah. That is a weird level of trash. It's so funny. I'm sending it uh, to psycho- you right now. It's fu- very funny psychoanalyzing uh, fucking like uh, politicians who and how they eat food because right. it does say a lot about you. And that's the thing. Mm-hmm. I'm not a bad person, right? No. But the reason I shouldn't be president is because I eat like it's my last meal every time. Because there's too much fear. Like I you, have too much fear if, to be if, president. If you're a leader, you don't want to be run by fear. Yes. And that's exactly how Donald Trump is running the country. Exactly. He's like, let's all get really freaked out Let, and afraid. Exactly. And, and divided and et cetera, et cetera. Um, yeah. Whereas like, and that's how I would run the country because I'd be afraid that like the vice president or something or Xi Jinping would try to eat my food i'd be scared no one likes me oh i'm always scared of that yeah <laughs> i so I, I have like a half written trend piece that's about all the all the different uh republican politicians who all like performatively eat food meant for babies uh, like do you remember what well do you remember scott walker's thing where he's eaten two ham sandwiches a day for like the past 26 years or something like that and he's no. just got that's and, like me though but he's got like i mean the, i don't eat ham sandwiches but i eat like a child and i think it's really cute like i'm like <laughs> i had spaghettios i'm adorable but, i was molested though <laughs> <laughs> uh, then, that's true you, you get a pass but then tom cotton he has the fame thing where he like famously eats a piece of chocolate cake like like or a piece of cake a, a day like birthday cake he goes to buy birthday cake. He buys like a sheet a sheet cake <laughs> of birthday cake once a week and eats like a piece every day. <laughs> just for a little treat. Just It'd for- be fun if you get to choose the different designs on it. Like this week put dinosaurs on it, please. Next week I do football. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a Hot Wheel cars. Yeah, yeah. In three weeks I get Power Ranger. <laughs> Can I have Cinderella? Yeah, please. I do a pretty princess cake. Yeah, and then um, and then there was a guy in Tennessee, like a state legislator, who they took a picture of him on the floor of the the Tennessee House, where he was just drinking from a bottle of Hershey's syrup. And uh, what the fuck? Yeah, and then so then later, <laughs> so then later they asked him about it. I like to make the chocolate milk in my mouth. <laughs> so later they asked him about it, and he claimed. That he just likes to recycle his uh, plastic bottles around the house, and it was actually uh, filled with water, and and like, I like that's way more normal. <laughs> but also, uh, of all the th- containers to use in your house, you found like the chocolate syrup one. That seems really hard. There's a lot more questions I, I have about it. I mean, it's like okay, it wasn't orange glow, but also it wasn't like I don't know a. Uh, uh, a fucking carton of milk, right? you know. Yeah. It's like there's a lot of like a thing that normal a lot people of, have. Yeah, exactly. I actually do believe that he would recycle the plastic and then put water in there because number one, actually, a Hershey's syrup bottle is kind of a perfect water bottle. Um, it's 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 no, that's basically too small. That's, you're gonna get like two swigs. I drink. I mean, you're not I drink way get more en- water than that. I don't know about you. Yeah, you're not gonna get enough water. Um, but I, I, it, it does kind of make sense to me. Also a syrup container, you know, it's got that same kind of like open closed mechanism. So Francesca likes to reuse, um, plastic, uh, everything's, uh, to a degree that I've now, uh, annoyed pretty much every restaurant w- within a two mile radius of, uh, of her apartment, because whenever I go get takeout, I come 
to the uh, like just, the you, taco place. You come or the falafel. Full yeah, stop. Yeah, I come. I full stop. <laughs> I just come all over their shit. No, I. I and that's really annoying them. Yeah, they hate come. Uh, <laughs> Uh, they're like, we don't even serve this here, sir. Um, <laughs> These restaurants no, hate I, this one weird guy. Uh, yeah, <laughs> five weird <laughs> tricks to alienate restauranteers. Um, uh, so no, I come with like, you know, when you go to like a Mexican food place, you know, they have these little plastic cups and whatnot. So we recite, we, we don't recycle the, the plastic cups. I actually wash them individually. And then I go back to the place and they just now know me as the guy who brings in, brings back the plastic cups. And some people are cool with it. They're like, oh, that's good for the environment. And other people are like, they just look at me and they're like, you kept those? And and hey, I have to explain. Free business. That we're, we're all going to die. This is what we need to do. so annoying when you work I, for a restaurant. Yeah, I know. I got a really good business Sorry. idea. Yeah? You know those like metal water bottles that everybody has? Yes. We need to start making like $15. Yeah, exactly. Uh, sorry, Jessica just held held it up. So uh, Yeah, she has one. It's she a Disney one. one. We all have one. I'm, I'm not lying when I say that. Yeah. Oh, we yeah, need I to make, one. and do not steal this broadcast, listeners. I demand full credit for this. We need to make like $15 yeah. metal salsa containers that you can buy at REI uh, to save yeah. the environment yeah. that, you know, that people can use Honestly? to fill their salsa with and... And not that's, have to reuse the plastic cups. That's kind of a genius idea. The problem is there are restaurants that do, do not have a salsa bar. Well, and you have to convince them that to to like pour their salsa no, into squirt that. your... You squirt, you squirt that right here. Yeah, could you squirt more? Because here's the thing. Like, I think that the reason those cups, I don't, I don't know about you guys, if you notice this, but I think it's true. They're getting smaller and smaller every oh, year. They're getting smaller. Every year they're and, smaller. And it's so small well, you can't fit a chip in it. It's like you can only fit you, like you, one tenth you, of the chip into there. You can't even, you can't dip a chip in. No. It's like only used for pouring and it's not a good container for pouring. No. Um, right. It's terrible. It's like the worst designed the container. And, and, all, and what does it save? What does it save on salsa? Can't be that much. Well, here's the thing, and I, I'm having this struggle because I'm trying to go plastic-free. Yeah, it's hard. One of the biggest struggles for me is I like clean. I like clean, I like too. clean, and, it, and even with this thing, I'm like, oh, I have to, like, wash, wash this yeah. thing because my mouth's on it. And, like, with coronavirus and all this and everyone's bringing in their own shit from home, and, like, yeah. I am totally want to go plastic-free, but I have this, like deep uh fear of like i tried to like get rid of swiffer stuff oh, yeah and i got rid of swiffer for a few weeks and then the other day i was at target and i held the swiffer packet in my hand for like 10 minutes <laughs> just standing there in the aisle just holding the swiffer packets mm -hmm. and then i was like why not yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need, and i and i got them and i and i swiffered my house and it's just like it's nice to do a swiffer yeah and it's just like I don't live in harmony with the planet. It doesn't. I. I don't want the planet is made of dirt. It is. It is. So you're swiffering the dirt away. Yeah. Yeah. You should be one with the dirt. Yeah. I also. Thing, I would love to reuse plastics, okay. but I'm also. I already annoy my family enough by saving. Uh, random scraps of shit that I plan to reuse at some point in the future. And. Uh, oh, I can only imagine. Yeah. So like the Francesca the does this all the time too. The last thing I need. I mean, is I'm washing more... Ziplocs and shit. Yeah, that's what that's what Francesca. We wash Ziploc bags, and like, part of me is like, okay, listen, I get 
that we got to conserve plastic and stuff, but like, isn't like, what's recycling then? Is recycling not, doesn't work? Recycling is not as exciting as you think it is. Well, then why do we do it? It's a little bit better than in putting it straight into a whale's blow, blow hole. I know, but it's like. I thought we, that was the whole point of recycling. I know the 90s was fucked up. It confused us. It confused yeah, well, us, made us think that recycling was the answer. Everything we do is like a bullshit half measure. And every time you decide to do something, there's an article the next day about why why recycling will not save us or like why reusable straws aren't doing anything. It's, uh, you know. I mean, it's just, yeah, that's the thing. It's like, and I try not to be the person like, who is because there's two there's two ways to look at it there's one that goes like you know we take personal responsibility and we try to individually conserve in any way possible and then there's the other way of of looking at it where you go like you can do all that you want uh the truth of the matter is is that not everyone's going to do this and we need like change on kind of like a state level or just like a systemic level and so you just get caught in between where you're like okay i'm gonna wash these plastic salsa things and vote uh socialist i mean i don't know what else to do perfect example of that is joaquin phoenix being like uh oh yeah you know dating like a scion of four separate like billionaire families uh, yeah, or marrying into and mar- then being like mar- cows. marrying into a family of billionaires and being like, you know what the problem is, is we steal milk from cows, and I'm like, yeah, I mean, is... I guess I can't argue with the cows being bad for the environment, but that also feels like a deflection. I, I I will say one positive thing about him. I do see him around at protests and stuff. That's true. That's true. Um, I think he's doing his best, and most importantly, he is handsome. So yeah, Vince, I want true. you to consider that. And also, he's disabled. Well, he's got a cleft lip. Well, and a weird shoulder. Don't he forget does? the weird shoulder that goes in. He's got bit. a weird shoulder, and he's got a cleft uh, upper palate. So he's a victim. Yeah. Yeah. What I'm saying is that <laughs> is that a disability or is that just? <laughs> well, it is weird because like whenever we're talking about like doing our best or, or like whatever, it's like it gets this point where then we say like I'm doing this, and then it's like a weird shame, yeah, it's, and, it's and then it's like a class too. thing, and then yeah. it's like it's like nothing is nothing is that clear, and it fucking sucks because it's just like. I want to be good. I want to be pure. Well, you have yeah. to spend. You, know you have I mean? to spend like two hundred grand a year to be really green. I want to wear a white dress atop atop a valley. Yeah, no, that sounds <laughs> I, nice. I, I want to be. Uh, I want to uh, gl- be glowing. Yeah. with flowers. Yeah, you want to be Moana. I want to, and then I, and then I, I am Moana. <laughs> you know, and it's so hard because everything. It's like. I try. Yeah, we all try, dude. And and <laughs> some of us don't try as hard as others. And you know what? People got shit to do. Yeah. You know, sometimes it's like, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Sometimes I go uh, to the Mexican food place with uh, my reusable tote bag and my uh, plastic uh, salsa containers. And I just throw, throw them away. And then I pretend as if I refilled them. And, <laughs> you know... And and because like sometimes I just am not in the mood yeah. to be looked at funny, but you're right, Vince. That's a good idea. A metal container, yeah, where you put your salsas. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I love it. Let's um, do it. Just to bring this back to movies because I know that's important. Well, yeah, this uh, is a movie podcast. Yeah, number one movie podcast in the world. I saw. I rewatched Hollow Man this week. This past. Oh week. wow. 
Was you, this in preparation to watch the new Invisible Man? Yeah, well, it was after I watched the new Invisible Man. Oh, okay. And uh, uh, I forgot that you see Kevin Bacon's uh, skinless dick flopping around. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And I really think skinless? that is... Uh, well, it's like his his skin starts becoming... His skin becomes invisible first. So yeah. then you see like the inside of his body like his muscles and stuff but you also see like the inside of a dick yeah yeah i know that you see a floppy dick inside a floppy skinless dick and i know paul verhoven put that in there on purpose like he i feel like he had very specific instructions for how he wanted Mm -hmm. the skinless dick flopping around to look and uh i like that so can i just say i was um driving and i happened upon an interview on npr with the screenwriter for uh the new invisible man and it was one of those interviews well first of all uh, he's like a uh he's australian lee Wan- lee wannell or wannell yeah so he's australian and he was describing uh basically how he got the you know how he wrote it and he's like well i uh you know i went to the studio and they were like uh what about uh what about uh, the Invisible Man? You know, it's like, all right. <laughs> so I started writing the Invisible Man, and then they said oh, it's gonna be it's gonna be hard to, it's gonna be hard to write the Invisible Man because uh, he's a good guy. And I said, well, what if I uh, what if I make him the bad guy? <laughs> and then uh, so now it's about women. <laughs> it's about like women together. <laughs> and and gaslighting. It's a lot about gaslighting woman. In Australia, and, uh, we call it petrol lighting. Yeah, that's what we call it petrol because we don't use gas. <laughs> and, uh, and and it was weird because he was like, you know, just uh, I really, you know, the game it's changed ever since I thought about making the Invisible Man a bad guy. And I kept thinking, isn't Hollow Man a bad guy? Yeah. Well, I think Hollow. I, I, I Hollow ne- Man is also a bad guy. I this think is not the, in- the first time the Invisible Man has been a bad <laughs> no, guy. No, I think it's actually canon. I think the original H. I haven't read the H.G. Wells, but the, in the in the yeah. Wikipedia article that I skimmed, I believe in the original uh, Invisible Man he was a bad guy, and then they turned him into a good guy for like the Invisible Man in the seventies, and then in the Chevy Chase one from the early nineties memoirs of an Invisible Man. Yeah, and then uh, yeah, and then in Hollow Man he was definitely the bad guy because he raped someone. He, yeah, he literally raped someone. And he like, full on raped and, and, yeah, so he full on raped. He did. He did. I have never heard of any of these movies. Oh never yeah, you never. See, it's uh, Kevin Bacon and Hollow Man. You never seen that? No. Oh yeah, it's like it's disturbing because it's the first time I've ever. It was like one of the my early experiences seeing a boob on the big screen and you see it being squeezed oh, by yeah. an invisible man. Such a great effect, though. Yeah. So <laughs> the effect was like they CG'd a titty being squeezed. And like a nipple being pulled. Oh, and then the, yeah, and I, actually, and that and was, was that was Kevin Bacon's coworker, and it's actually the very first thing that he does when he turns invisible is that he wakes up, which is, he sees one of his coworkers asleep, and he unbuttons her shirt and squeezes her boot. He like the first, the very first thing he did once turned invisible was to sexually assault uh, a coworker. Yeah, and and I I think you're right, Jessica. That is that's accurate. accurate. That is that is I think why invisibility well, is. You know, one of I because you ever notice it when people are like, "Would you I would rather?" If, I would hate it if men could get get invisible. Well, right. Here's the thing: that people, is, when that is like, the entire premise of the Invisible Man is, wouldn't you would hate it if a man could be invisible? 
Yeah, it, it's <laughs> it, it, there's people go, would you rather have the power of flight or the power of invisibility? And I heard of like a whole NPR, it was like a This American Life where people were talking about it. And it was infuriating because like the the every time a dude said invisibility, I was just like, you are purely saying that because you would sexually assault people. There's no other, like no one has ever explained why they would want to be invisible beyond like wanting to like sneak into a woman's locker room. It would, is, yeah. it, still, name, is it still sexual assault why. if you only do it with your eyes? Yeah, oh, you mean if you're just watching? I yeah. think it's, uh, what it's if sexual I'm just, harassment. What if I'm just celebrating uh, a locker room, room full of women's if bodies you sneak by looking in at full, them? If you sneak into a locker room and watch women undress, that is sexual assault, yes. Yeah, that sounds right. That sounds like that's sexual assault. What if I don't yes, take video and share that, it? That, I just stalking? do it for me. It's like victimless. I mean, in my that, I mean that's. I guess that's, that's the question is like if you are – invisible and masturbating in a woman's locker room no one sees it no one knows it's happening um it's definitely a violation and it's bad but is it victimless i don't know yeah but i really don't know but the uh invisible men like if, that's if you're why an invisible I, man call the broadcast 1-800-INVISIBLE yeah. that, that's I'm sorry. hollow man is kind of like brutally uh honest about that where it's kind of like yeah well the entire premise of it when it's coherent which it's not a lot because they did a lot of things wrong yeah. but like the coherent premise of that is like what would you do if you'd never had to look yourself in the mirror and uh and, right. so, and then they go dark with it but uh mm-hmm. yeah yeah, it is. It is. It's a incredibly dark movie, and I remember uh, being uh, relatively disturbed by it, um, especially since like it, it always sucked as a kid. The first movies that I saw on the big screen that had titties in them, they always like save for the Big Lebowski, they were always like not fun titties. It was always like right. Schindler Schindler's List titties, you know, or weird, like, weird old <laughs> people on real titties. sex. Yeah, but I mean on the big screen, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like you go to a movie and you're just like, you know, Magnolia titties. Was there titties in Magnolia? Probably. But I saw it with my parents. Yeah. Point being that like what you really want is just to see happy titties in movies and you don't get to see it as much. Or I didn't when I was a kid. Anyways, uh, Invisible Man, how was it? Uh, It's great. I mean, it's really scary. I'm glad. Like if you don't like horror movies, uh, I would not go to it because it's. If, yeah. you don't, if you don't like horror movies or the idea of, you know, uh, uh, an invisible man, uh, you know, watching <laughs> you, your, your invisible ex watching you in your house and trying to make other people think you're crazy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's pretty real. It's very real. I'll say that. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, uh the screenwriter, you know, he made some interesting points uh, when I heard him. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He said things like. Uh, when I was writing this movie, I was thinking about how, uh, how you know, some, uh, you know, physical violence you see on the outside, but on the inside, you can't see uh, the psychological violence. It doesn't leave a mark. So I wrote a movie about psychological violence. It's invisible. And I said, that's not a knife. <laughs> this is a knife. And I said, hello, croc. What are you doing with all them teeth? And, he, and the croc talked back and he said, hello, mate. I'm just going around looking 
for food. <laughs> and I said, oh, are you hungry? And he said, yes. And I said, well, I'm baking me a bread pot. Would you like to eat? I would love to take like a bunch of clips from this podcast of like everyone doing accents on this podcast. Because the faces. And put some Sarah McLaughlin music (laughs) over it and just be like. That could be our Patreon ad. (laughs) Instead of sad doggies, it's just Matt doing. I think my favorite bit on the show is just watching Matt to see how long he'll keep a bit going without without interrupting him at all. Yeah, well, you know. That's the problem is is you guys let me continue doing it until I've run out of steam. So what the worst part about you guys is you let you let all of my bits die a horrible death. Let me tell you, I know the worst part about me and it is not that. <laughs> <laughs> it's way worse. <laughs> oh man. Oh, uh, it's I, good to be distracted from what's going to happen today. I know every time every time we stop for a second it's like, oh Oh, oh yeah today could be a- okay can i just say this about back to the election and stuff like that i'm I, i've been paying very very close attention to all of the polls and all of the delegate counts and you? all that stuff and like no yeah me i'm actually very i don't know if you guys know this about me but i'm super into politics and uh-huh, stuff uh-huh. and and can i just say this because today you know ever since you know the last three days of this like biden surge because everyone kind of like all the moderates coalesced behind him and he got all these endorsements and after he won uh south carolina um before that happened uh we were all very very excited because it kind of looked like bernie was going to win this easily run away for three Three, three for three is going to a plurality of delegates easily. That was kind of like almost a foregone conclusion. And can I just say, just to get us all back to like normal, um, remember that like what the, the worst case scenario that can come out of today's, um, you know, performances in, in, in the in Super Tuesday states is that Biden and Bernie will be essentially tied. So it goes from like, oh, no, we were supposed to win easily or like not have to worry about this to back to us being brought back down to earth back to like, okay, you know, we're going to have to work to win, uh, you know, Michigan. We're going to have to work to have him do better in Florida. Hopefully we can get his numbers up in Ohio and Pennsylvania. Like, like it's not over if today goes better for Biden than than uh, we had hoped it would. And it's not over. It just means that he at worst Biden will have a um you know like a small delegate lead after today. Right. At worst. And uh, if yeah. it goes really badly for Bernie and I and I get fully black pilled, which will happen uh if that happens, um uh-huh. I at least I can fall back on the absurd comedy of two senile old men pitted against yes. each other uh, in a presidential election. <laughs> because, like, if I take you know the human cost of of politics and us getting stuck with you know the absolute worst nominee once again, uh, Biden is extremely entertaining. I don't know if the like I would love to watch him just like every time they just give him the mic and let him spin out. It's uh, it's pretty enjoyable to watch. So at the very it, least, it once is. I can see uh, humanity as like an absurd sideshow that I'm not part of, uh, it will be <laughs> yeah, fun, right. uh, fun to enjoy that. That's true. There is part of yet, me but... that 
there's yeah the, there is part of me that looks at um all of the different possibilities that could have happened um and i look at joe biden as the problem with every other possibility that's not joe biden was always um and, and including joe biden was that they're all going to lose to trump um but if it had been pete it was he's going to lose trump and i fucking hate this dude he's like mm. he's like incredibly smarmy uh incredibly entitled yeah he's like not he lives down the hall for me in the dorms right or something. exactly he's not he's fun like, he's to like watch your... at all like his his smarminess like his amorality is not entertaining it's the opposite right Right. And and it's kind of, you know, it's the same with like uh, Bloomberg, you know, it was like, not only is he going to lose to Trump, but also like just how horrid it is that this dude was able to buy an election. Um, you he, know, he like, looks like an evil turtle. He like looks evil tortoise. He, he, he has one of the stunningly most off putting speaking voices that I've ever heard. Oh, it's it's incredibly. Yeah. And, and it's so funny, too, because like the accents uh, between like uh, Bernie Brooklyn Jew and uh, Manhattanite, uh, you know, uh, mm, fucking Boston. Um, B- Bloomberg. Is he from Boston? Yeah, he's got he's like raised in Massachusetts, which is why he has weird. That's a bad like, sign. Um, he has weird like dropped R inflections on a lot of things. Oh, OK. Well, just like it's funny because it's like the difference between like a cool Jewish socialist and a shitty Jewish billionaire is like just two different extremes of like the Jewish uh, like stereotype in terms of like they're both not just their like voices, but they're also their mannerisms and everything. So it's like it's just funny watching, um, you know, like it's basically watching my dad uh, two worst sides of him, you know, Uh <laughs> But but can I just say, uh, uh, you know, in terms of all of the other moderates who are running, um, you know, uh, Biden is the one who I go like he's definitely going to lose to Trump. But at least um, I'm not annoyed. The only reason I'm annoyed at him is because he can't win. The reason I uh, yeah. is because he can't win and because he does nothing like his presidency, if he were to win, would uh, invite such a uh, like a worse backlash uh, than I think Trump is because like Trump is a, you know, incompetent fascist. Imagine a cunning fascist. You know, that's that's what always has freaked me out. And um so this is kind of our one chance to actually get someone who, um, you know, uh, is going to help working people. And so it's very annoying to watch it um, possibly yeah, slip like away. My uh, my grandparents in Portland are, I think, like Biden people. And they're 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 people that are like we're Democrats. Like that's our identity. Right. It's not like we're progressives. We're like Democrats. Right. We've always loved being fucking Democrats. Republicans are the enemy. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that sort of thing. And it's just like. It's such a weird thing to me because then if Biden wins the nomination and then mm, our generation doesn't get stoked for him, they're gonna they're they're gonna be like, "You guys didn't do it." Yeah. Now Trump's still president. No, I know that's that's the worst part also, about it is that they're gonna blame the people who I gotta say the most at risk communities um, uh, in America under a Trump presidency are largely uh, working class people of color and including uh, huge uh, swaths of the Latino population and this is a coalition that is voting heavily for Bernie and that's just a fact that's just who it is and the worst part about it is that when Trump 
uh, defeats Joe Biden because the DNC was able to, uh, you know, kind of like basically uh, do a conspiracy of like, okay, drop out, you guys. We're all coalescing around the moderates. That when Trump wins re-election because of that, they'll go ahead and they will blame Latino people. They will blame. I mean, th- what they'll do in general is they'll be blame quote Bernie supporters or Bernie Bros, right. and they'll they'll try to paint them all as white people. And it's just uh, well, it's incredibly disingenuous, think, and it makes me want to burn down CNN. Sure, but the mm. uh, the the irony figuratively that, the beautiful irony <laughs> that I think everyone uh, has not even acknowledged is the fact that Biden's entire reason for being is like nostalgia for the his entire draw is nostalgia for the obama era and the only reason that obama got elected in the first place because was because he was the only person in the race at that point who hadn't voted for the iraq war like at that point in 2008 we were like all right well we can't have a candidate who voted for this stupid fucking iraq war so it's got to be obama who wasn't even in congress at that point so he didn't have to have that around his neck and now right out of nostalgia for the guy who didn't vote for the war we're now uh con- con- like congealing around a guy who did vote for it so it's perfect and not, and not only that but also people forget that like not only was it that that uh beat uh hillary in 2008 um in terms of the primary it was the iraq war vote sure but it was also someone who was uh fighting uh the establishment democrat Hillary Clinton was by far the establishment Democrat in that race. And people were like, I want something new. Change was the whole thing. Um, Mm -hmm. And not only that, but he also Obama ran as a populist. He ran as a populist. He had grassroots support. He had uh, organizers who were supporting him, all of which he basically, you know, uh, for the most part, ended up abandoning that coalition um, once he assumed office because, you know, he thought that he I, he was naive and I think he thought he could reason with Republicans. And what did we learn from that? Nothing. Nothing. If we if yeah. we if Nothing. we elect Joe Biden as the primary uh, as as for the Democratic nomination, We've learned nothing because all Biden talks about is how he might choose a VP pick. That's a Republican. He wants to work <laughs> with Republicans. That would be great. And I'm like, yeah, what great. have you learned? You've learned that nothing. We I, cannot work with the Republicans. We have to out organize them. We have to outvote them. My God. I'm yeah, you're right, though. Yeah. You're right. I know. I'm just mad, dude. It's okay. You got to let that out. You know, you got to express yourself. I try to, and I try to do it in constructive ways, but then I get on Twitter and then I just read people saying dumb centrist bullshit and corporatist bullshit. And so then I'll take, uh, I'll download their avatar of their face and then post it in the comments and say, look at your stupid fucking face. (laughs) Hey, you know, when Trump got elected because my, you know, ex-girlfriend in Ohio wouldn't vote for Hillary in the general... I, you know, I, I, I told her her jewelry that she makes is ugly. Yeah, no, you it know? happens we, to the best of us. We go to some dark places. We, we do, we do. I mean, you know, this is what politics does to us. But it's just like, I think in general, just being so tired of kind of, um, I've like grown to resent um, more than anything, just corporate media propagandists more than anything. I mean, I feel like it's, the it's the one insane. the greatest thing is if this became like a uh, referendum on MSNBC. Um, I, that's what I was loving about the early part of this was people were like, "Oh, well, yeah, I'll be, like everybody's gonna vote against fucking MSNBC." No, like there's like two yeah. percent of the population that actually likes that shit. 
Uh, and yeah, it's awful, yeah, I mean, and they all, and I've always thought it was awful, and they've all outed themselves as being fucking awful. And uh, I, I mean, would like it. The to thing die. is, is the the thing is, is that that there are voices on MSNBC uh, that um, are closer to being neutral or are a little bit more um, uh, progressive that kind of get overshadowed by people like Chris Matthews, who likens uh, Bernie's rise to the Nazis um, invading and That's winning France. very, very silly. Did yeah, you, did you see just, he resigned? No, I didn't. Yeah. Did you know that? Oh, yeah. Chris Matthews oh, yeah. resigned That's yesterday. Pretty, That's, That's pretty cool. But he resigned because um, uh, sexual harassment, uh, uh, like a bunch of sexual harassment allegations came forward. And, and, and also like videos of him like like sexually harassing people on camera. It was oh, wow. like on his show. He had uh, I forget what the name of the the correspondent was. But he's like she, he was like, come closer, come closer. Ah, no, I'm just kidding. You're beautiful. You're beautiful. Ah, oh, you're so beautiful. And, and then people were just like, what the fuck? That used it? to be like acceptable for oh, men yeah. to just do that. So it must be confusing for these older guys, man. But I just, I have <laughs> yeah, to no, tell they're you. Like, I, I used to, to be guys. a guy that just liked women, you know? that Like that was what their, their stick was in the past. Yeah. I, I just want to tell you guys that, uh, this weird fact about me, which is I was so radical in college uh-huh. that I didn't vote for Obama the first time. I voted for Cynthia McKinney in the primaries. <laughs> Do you remember her? No. Do you guys was... remember her? No. She was the Green Party candidate black woman, and she was famous for, um, she, I, think, I believe she was a congresswoman, and she had, God, what's his fucking name? War criminal. I, Iraq what's his name dick cheney no 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 no. uh donald rumsfeld rumsfeld yeah yeah so she she was like questioning him and and she was like did you know about 9-11 or something like that (laughs) and then i was like i'm voting for this bitch and she was like yeah but i voted for obama in the in the general yeah i mean i remember being very excited by uh barack obama and and kind of like and guys Oh, I mean, I just don't know how to express it. And I wish I could express this to to larger swaths of people who think differently. But you can't win against Trump without the youth vote. You can't. And and not just the youth vote. It's the it's the energy that the youth vote brings. And I, I don't understand why older people don't understand the pressure that the young people are under with climate change i i I don't climate change does not seem to resonate with older people it's no because they're gonna be gone but if we were old we'd be the old people that'd be like oh shit this is really bad for the young people i'd like to think that that's the the case i mean you know i'd like to think that that's something and that is a thing with some older people i think it's just that they've never had to change throughout their entire lives because they've been hearing like environmentalism has been around since like the 70s or the 60s and you know there was probably like a lot of alarmist things that they thought were going to come to pass, you know, in like the next five years that they heard in the seventies. And then they got used to being like hand waving about it being like, ah, we're going to be a fine. And then they, they have been fine until for their whole lives. And now like, that's just their mode. They're like, ah, you know, it's always, it's always going to sound bad. Yeah. You know, my, my Democrat grandparents, they just have this, um, they have this this love of the slow incremental change that happens in politics and i i see its appeal especially with trump 
president. I love a check and a balance, but um, love a check and a balance. This is a we're talking a state of emergency. Well, they here. also they also live through like McGovern and uh, and and RFK, which at the time, you know, like now looking back on it, they're not really that left at all. But at the time, that was like, oh, yeah. this is the person that's going to galvanize the youth vote and then they just got shit on and got Nixon instead mm. and so I oh, think they developed yeah. a mentality that anything that sounds too uh, rational is uh, impossible yeah you're smart Vince. but but, but here's what's <laughs> here's what's annoying to me because the a lot of the people that are um, being sold on Biden a lot of these older people and whatnot are very susceptible to uh you know, they've their brains have been melted by a lot of these twenty four hour news networks, you oh, know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and a lot of corporate media in general, and that includes some print media. Boomers never and, develop the amount of cynicism necessary for a twenty four hour news ecosystem, I don't think. No, yeah, I exactly. And and it's the reason why, like, you know, I look at the people who had their brains brains melted, you know, uh on social media and on Fox News, you know, for Trump, and I don't look at the CNN and MSNBC uh, audience as that much different than them because the the truth of it is is they also are easily susceptible to kind of like uh, to programming right and but what annoys me is the gatekeepers uh, in like the establishment wing of the Democratic Party just on just look at what is happening and where the votes are going. And you can make the argument if 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 you're choosing Joe Biden, that means you're making an arbitrary choice. You say ah, he's got good enough name recognition, you know, to uh, win this South Carolina. We have to coalesce around him. It's arbitrary because they could have easily done that with uh, fucking Buttigieg when when he won. Um, you know. And anyways, the point being that like they could switch the narrative and be like, hey, you know what? let's let's back bernie but they Mm. but they are literally cowards and and uh, they are also holding on to you know their kind of their economic ecosystem a little bit too because of the fact that like you look at all these you know uh, news networks and they all have fucking intelligence people on the payroll former clinton uh people on the payroll former obama it's always like establishment people and then republicans that's who runs that's that's who gets their messages across and so you you go like well there's no room for progressive views then and the only reason why people think that bernie is a mean person uh (laughs) is because they tell them that Bernie is mean and mm-hmm. they say Bernie bros and this is a, but then you watch Bernie speak. This is what I realized in like, in like uh, having older people watch Bernie speak is once you see him talking, you see him either, uh, you know, like at a rally or even at a debate, you realize like, he's not a mean guy. <laughs> if he attacks you, he attacks you based on your record. He's actually really just focused on what his message is. A little birdie a little birdie landed on his podium like he's a fucking disney princess bitch (laughs) and you're trying to tell me he's the villain excuse me little tweety birds don't land on villains exactly exactly matt we need to we need to pivot i can't do i can't do any more politics for the day but i i do have i think it's time 
Yeah. Okay. So why does you have em- does Jessica have to leave? It's okay if you if you do. I'm actually okay. Okay. I, I got canceled on because oh. I, I was gonna record an episode of my podcast on climate change, but everyone I book cancels for it. Oh, dear. it's so funny. Yeah. It's so amazing. It's like what you, you decided you don't want to talk with me about climate change. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Because I, <laughs> I, 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 I had too a good, hot. I had a good uh, oh, tales what? tales from NPR. Oh, go ahead, dude. Should I play? We don't have a bumper, but I have staged. Okay, yeah, play staged. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Staged. So, uh, uh, so <laughs> that's a bumper. Yeah, no, it's not a great bumper. But I did. So I heard this American Life this week. And, uh, you know, I can't stop listening to This American Life. I will not not listen to it. It's uh, it's like a sickness at this point. But so, yeah. so this week, one of the segments is on a media critic. And her thing is that she is obsessed with the movie Cats. But Oh, my God. <laughs> but not uh-huh. because she likes it ironically. She's not being a contrarian. This whole segment is about how she really likes Cats genuinely. Like... Like he, she, she genuinely likes the movie Cats. Yeah, I know. She genuinely likes it. She's not doing it to be ironic, you guys. So that's a whole segment on. So meaning she definitely is just doing this to be a contrarian. Well, it's like the NPR post irony where it's like they take the irony. Uh, they take the ironical thing and be like, no, but I really think that. Yeah. So she she really likes cats. It's like it's like third third tier so NPR. It's like third tier irony oh. where you take the irony out of it and and make it like a real thing. Um, Is it because her grandma had cats? That's usually why. It's because she was like she likes musicals. I don't know. And then so the movie was like about or sorry the segment was about how her husband uh, he thought that cats was like ruining their marriage because she wouldn't stop talking about cats. Uh, and then, oh my God. and then she started a podcast. He should have just fucking put on the cat suit, gotten to bed, yeah, yeah. and give her what she wants. Wow. <laughs> yeah, add some like backward spikes on that dick and let it go, dude. <laughs> go ham on that pussy. <laughs> Yeah. Sorry. And yeah. so oh, yeah. that was a bit much, but you know, all the cats in my neighborhood are in heat and they it's like all fuck so loud. Crazy, they dude. love to fuck loud cats do. They love to fuck loud. <laughs> I love that. I like the low ones where they're like <laughs> but that, that's the boy cat. He's trying to sh- show some bass in his voice. It's like, dude, no wonder people think you were evil, you know? Mhm. Like no wonder people used to like kill cats for being satan listen to you right now so then the segment is about her liking cats and also about how she started a podcast about cats called podcats uh oh my god and then i'm listening to it i'm gonna listen to it oh yeah i mean i listen to the whole thing non-ironically and then so her husband is worried that cats is destroying their marriage and so then the show uh, arranges it so that the reporter, the woman, and her husband all go see cats together with the husband seeing it for the first time. Oh, and he kind of likes You'll it. You'll never believe how it turned out. Mm-hmm. He liked it and he gave him like a mm-hmm. whole, you know, more full understanding of of her as a person and, and their marriage. Oh, God. 
I swear, dude. It was they're the gonna perfect... be doing fluff pieces till the until the world literally burns. <laughs> <laughs> Everything is like straight up yeah. all the way on fire. Hurricane shrieks in the background. Uh-huh. And uh, hmm, it got me thinking. Yeah, right. Maybe I <laughs> <laughs> Haven't given cats a shot. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> the last, the last words my Gamgen said to me before she <laughs> passed away from coronavirus was, um, "Hey, remember when the leaves used to fall onto the ground uh, outside of our Connecticut uh, ranch? Well, whenever I saw the leaves, it made me think of you." And then she died. As the blood rolled down her face, I thought to myself, "Wow." I never thought of leaves like that before. And maybe <laughs> that's good. <laughs> this is American life, I'm Ira Glass. <laughs> yeah. All the perfect, uh, like the perfect NPR segment is always like an educated person who has somehow intellectualized themselves into a position of utter stupidity. Like that's just... <laughs> yeah. I, that's totally a thing. That's so a thing. Yeah, that is absolutely what they do. It's it's, it's cause, just because they're so open and like they just fucking, when you follow the story and it takes yeah. you in a different turn and yeah. you're a journalist that's open to that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, when I got to thinking about leaves, um, <laughs> I uh, was doing some research and I found out that um, a murder had happened um, yeah. with, with a leaf. And um, I, I was wondering, how could you murder someone with a leaf? I. I've I've taken it to a weirdly dark place, yeah. even though you feel safe with me because I clearly am very low in testosterone. Yeah. Uh, but um. I, I I do love that. Like, just we're we're in for um just a few years if climate change gets worse and worse of just um NPR <laughs> trying to find the whimsy in mass death. <laughs> and, <laughs> <laughs> and, and honestly, I'm excited about it. Oh, you don't think because there's going to be at, like at first. A, a segment coming very soon about a family who is trapped indoors because of the coronavirus? And oh, they, oh, absolutely. Yeah. And about how like they all it reverted. brought them together. I haven't lived. They all watched cats together. I haven't lived back with my family since I was in elementary school. We moved around a lot. And after I finished grad school, I went home to visit. And then coronavirus stuck. And we were stuck in there for weeks and weeks. Wait, pause for some music. Yeah. Do, 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 do. And as I was there, I realized, wow, you really do turn back into that seven-year-old version of yourself when you're all hiding with your family because people are dying outside of coronavirus. I, I'm very excited for it. I, yeah, I think and it's going to be good. There's going to be some of good like, content, dude. There's going to be some great like neutered jazz uh, Woody Allen music mm-hmm. playing over in the background yeah. where it's just n- nice and jazzy while they talk about a uh, pandemic. Ugh. Oh, I watched a, a what the new newest Woody Allen movie this week. Which one? Called Wonder Wheel on Amazon. <laughs> no, I and seen it. uh, it's with Kate Winslet, and uh, it's just like, God, he really just is a creep. Like, oh yeah, yeah. So this movie, it's like, uh, have you seen it, Vince? Wonder no, Wheel. No, I have not. It's like. She's a Today older, is you know, gonna be Kate. the day that they're gonna throw it back to you. Oh, sorry. That's, no, 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 no. That's no, Wonder Wall. Not relevant. Uh, oh, okay. That's not relevant right now. Stop it. Stop <laughs> it. Stop <laughs> it. Sorry. Stop sorry. it. <laughs> 
Um, so she's like 40 and then she, her stepmom comes, her, her stepdaughter comes Mm -hmm. to live with them and, uh, she's like in her twenties. Right. So then she's jealous of the father and the daughter, of course. Yeah. And she's, she's all washed up. And then she has an affair with this young guy, Justin Timberlake, actually. Wow. And uh, so they're having this affair and then Justin Timberlake then also becomes interested in the stepdaughter and the stepmom's jealous and the stepdaughter has like a hit mark on her head mm. and uh the stepmom ends up kate winslet ends up letting her get them letting this hitman find her because she's so jealous <laughs> and it's just like women be shopping women be shopping <laughs> <laughs> it's just like it's just like god you, you i mean i think he's trying to make the statement of like you if you really gave him artistic um what do you call it benefit License. of the doubt Oh, yeah. License, you would yeah. say like, uh, like, oh, he's trying to show like what we do to women. Mm-hmm. And like once they go and you can see how he she goes from 30 to 40 in mm-hmm. like a second, mm-hmm. like in terms of now she's useless. Now she's got no options now. Right, right, right. And you could say like, oh, he's trying to show like it's about the way that, that. happens. But it's, it's about like, society. It's like, no, you think that older women are worthless and yes. you want to marry your daughter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. It, it, it left me feeling kind of yucky. Yeah. I mean, it, there comes a point with Woody Allen movies where you can't help but not you can't separate the artist from the art and uh because well, it's like he's the art, just so the, his art forces you to think about it like how many fucking movies uh, how yeah. many of his fucking movies are about some uh someone who's some guy young who, and fuckable. who's just like a complete dick but recognized as a genius for some reason who is just scoring yeah. a bunch of chicks <laughs> Yeah, no, he keeps writing about himself. He honestly just keeps telling on himself in movies. And um, people keep doing them, which is the weirdest thing. Because it's, uh, you know, I understand, like, I, listen, I like money as much as the next guy. But, uh, uh, never mind. I was going to say, <laughs> but yeah, no, if he asked me to be in a movie, I'd be like, guys, what am I going to do? I mean, I'm a I, podcaster. Lo- I was obsessed with Woody Allen, like, as a teenager. Yeah, yeah. I would have married him. <laughs> Yeah, and he would have let. And that's what's cool about teenage girls. Yeah, you know what I mean. They're and more that's why they're so much cooler than a thirty-two-year-old woman. That's true. Like myself, who knows anything. Now. Yeah, right. Who's had life experience? <laughs> the thing is about older women; they have too much life experience to uh to date because then they will, you know, like be able to see red flags more clearly. Yeah, and they'll un- they won't mistake your flailing psychotic narcissism <laughs> for genius. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's a real bummer for uh Yeah, it's for, like boner you know, killer. Yeah, it's a real boner. <laughs> uh so we got any emails, bro? Uh none that were like questions or I mean a lot of links. People send a lot of links. Uh, people love to send links i got a few of those uh this woman escaping from quicksand she was doing like a tutorial that was cool thank you guys for sending that along what about voicemails uh we got a couple voicemails i have not vetted them okay let's do it okay we're doing it we're just going we're just going live spontaneous Sick. 
Uh, he was talking about uh, the fat Jew uh, shitting the on fat Mike Jew- Bloomberg. Um, I, I didn't know that the fat Jew did that, but, um, I mean, honestly, shout out to anyone who, uh, went on record to say, fuck Mike Bloomberg. Um, I, I disagree. I, I would rather Mike Bloomberg be the president and <laughs> fat Jew get kicked out of all media. That's true. Well, the, f- because the, fa- well, the funny thing that the, the parallel there is like, while the fat Jew shit on Bloomberg, Bloomberg also hired like the fuck Jerry team to do right, his social exactly. media. Uh, that's the only reason that the fat Jew was he mad. Did? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The fat Jew was just mad wow. because he didn't get hired by Mike Bloomberg. Wow. Uh, yeah. In fact, the more I think about it, the more it's like this definitely was personal beef between him and fuck Jerry. <laughs> and he was just like. I cannot like, believe that Bloomberg hired fuck Jerry. You can't? Yeah, well, that you sounds know, perfectly like. In, I hate him so much more now. Uh, yeah, I didn't know. He, he's been trying to buy, uh, you know, fuck. momentum this whole time. And uh, yeah, man, like fucking. Uh, I'm. We'll see today. Today is the day we actually find out what. Um, hundreds of millions of dollars in just carpet bombing ads. Today is going to be the... Oh, sorry. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Uh, Stop it, Vince! You stop it! (laughs) (laughs) But, like, we'll see if if it has um, any effect at all. Uh, You know, this was the whole grand experiment of Mike Bloomberg, was if I am uh, pretty much non-existent as an organizer... um, um, I mean, he's got, you know, people on the ground, but it's like, for the most part, he's just buying everything. He has no real energy. Can he buy energy and can he buy votes? And that's going to be the question that is answered hey, today. God also, bless him for staying in the race. That's all I got to say about me. I, yeah, like, seriously. I've never thought I'd be so happy that he stayed in the race uh, before my fucking life. Also, um, uh, and this kind of just gives us, this puts us back a week. So this is a week late talking point, but anyone who endorsed Bloomberg, um, should immediately be, um, uh, like primaried, like anyone who's currently holding office, yeah. because that means that he bought their endorsement. Cause there's mm-hmm. no way that you could look at the field of people who were contenders. Yeah, a Bloomberg and, and, en- endorsement is, uh, is like a de facto admission of corruption. Like that's uh... it is it is one hundred percent de facto corruption. London Breed uh, was yeah. one of the people who uh, endorsed him. She should be uh, out of office. I voted for Jane Kim. I want to point I, that I out. I just get so sad. You know, it's like when do people get so astray? You know, I just mm-hmm. I want to put the heart of defeaty back inside Mar- M- Mike Bloomberg and just mm-hmm. let him turn into a flowering island again. Yeah, I mean, who knows? I mean, let's be honest. He's not a flowering island, but he's a nice hill somewhere. Yeah, yeah. He's a sturdy hill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At best, he is a, a grand plateau. Yeah. And you would walk across it and then you would think like... Oh, this is sure is dry was... and lifeless, but beautiful, <laughs> but beautiful view. Yeah, definitely. And it's just like definitely better than what you were as like... Yeah. As when you were the lava monster. Yeah. At the very least, you're a uh, home for multiple desert lizards and snakes and uh, and rodents. If I ever met him, I'd be like... This is not who you are. <laughs> <laughs> he looks so much like Robert Durst. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Like, like you expect him to have a hot mic moment where he's just, up. where he's just like frisk them all. Of course. <laughs> I have to look up pictures yeah. now. He's just burping while he's giving his answers in the debate. Oh, all right. 
Ah. Um, See him him licking that, his hands and touching the pizza was his uh, Robert Durst peeing on the candy at at the drugstore. Yeah, moment. that was as close as it gets. Yeah. Oh, I don't know about you, but I think that's been a podcast. Oh, it's been a podcast and a half. We've had quite a fratastic time. Uh, Jessica, thank you so much for coming on. Oh yeah. <laughs> where can people? Oh yeah, thanks for having me. It's nice to be around people on this day where we're just yeah sitting with the, uh, the void fear. of yeah. unknowingness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've like turned my uh, my phone's on airplane mode because I don't want anyone texting me anything. I just oh. want to wait. But uh, where can people find you? Hey, you could you could find me online. You know. Yeah. I have a, a Instagram. It's at Jessica Seely. Yeah. And uh, you can listen to my podcast. I don't put out that many episodes because people keep canceling. <laughs> uh, it's about climate change. Uh, yeah. And then I have a Facebook page that people keep trying to buy ads for. Is I that, know mine too. All the time. Real? Every Sh- day. Should I every, do that? No, I, I just don't answer. Is it because a scam? It's got to be a scam. It can't be right? real. Because if... The, if it's real, then yeah, you could post whatever on my that, page. It's true. It's true. I, I've, I've considered that it might be real, but at this point, I get them so often that I'm just like, no, fuck that. I don't believe it. So I just don't believe it. Oh, I think okay. they're going to try to steal like your Facebook information. Oh, shit. Yeah. But they say like, you don't have to give us your information. You post the stuff. Yeah, but they lie. Oh, really? Because they'll probably give you like a link and then you click the link and then all of a sudden they have access. Oh, I don't, wow. I don't trust. Just don't trust anything on Facebook. All right. The internet is a lie. The internet is lying to you. This podcast um, is actually a virus. That's right. We are infecting your brains with movies. <laughs> uh, Patreon.com slash broadcast. We got more wonderful bonus content coming up for you very, very soon. Um, broadcast at gmail.com. Vince, what's the Google voice number? 415-275-0030. All right, everyone. Love you guys so much, and until next time, good night and good chins.